Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English podcast. Today's episode 53. Woo-hoo. Here we are. The uh the um first chapter of the second volume. <laughs> second year. There you go. Um yeah, and we have March wrap up for today. Uh March the month just ended and we're here to talk about what we read and watched over the month. Um but before we get into that, how has your week been? My week has sucked. Uh, it's been like a really bad week. One of my coworkers just quit and another of my coworkers got COVID. So she's been out all week. So I've been covering for like two people. But also, you know, I just got back from Florida on Sunday and I just like didn't sleep like the whole time that I was in Florida. So I just am so tired and I feel like I can't get caught up on sleep because I have so much work to do and I've just been so stressed out. And every day this week I woke up and was like, I need to take a nap this afternoon. Like I have to take a nap this afternoon, but then I didn't get to ever because I was covering. So it was really stressful. That is really stressful. Yeah, (laughs) but I'll be okay. Now I get to sleep all weekend. It's Easter. I got to go to the Springs, but (laughs) There you go. I, uh, I've had a busy week. I wouldn't say it was terrible. I just yeah. was always doing stuff. Um, I finished up my prog application. That was most of my work this week. Um, and then I had a paper to write and some various other homeworks to do. And uh, I've just been keeping busy because I've been working a lot at Coldstone. Nice. I have kind of a fun kind of a fun kind of annoying story on uh, Tuesday I was supposed to work a shift from 3 to 6 p.m um, but then apparently someone was sick that was working the closing shift so I got switched to six to close and I thought that was just six to nine because mm-hmm. that's when we normally close but apparently Tuesday is student night um, where every if you have a student ID it's buy one get one free and in addition well- to that, we're open an extra hour later. So it's really six to 10 shift, but that's not too bad. The thing that gets you is that uh, there was something wrong with the walk-in freezer. So we had to take everything out of the walk-in freezer. After oh, no. And it was a big old mess. And it was, didn't get out of there until 1130. And they said, I was supposed to work a three hour shift from three to six today. And instead, I have worked a five and a half hour shift. Ah, that is rough. It was still kind of fun, but like I just had stuff I was trying to get done that night and I was planning on being able to work on it from six forward. (laughs) It didn't turn out like that, but it was okay. I don't want to sound too complainy because I really didn't mind too much. But But yeah, that's I'm making money again, so it's worth it. Yay! Productive member of society. Yep. You go. That's me. That's me. All right. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about your plants? Yeah. Um, Recently, I got four new plants. (laughs) They are all the same kind of plant. They're pothos. Um, They're all very pretty and they look very similar and I love them a lot. And I need to give all four of them a name. I haven't named them yet. And I'd like for them to have some sort of like group name. 
I want to name them after a famous group of four, but I haven't decided which. In case you didn't know, there's many iconic, cool groups of four that have existed in the world, so I haven't decided what would best suit my beautiful plants. If you have an opinion on this matter, I'm dying to hear it. Please let me know. Nice. And we have the Instagram now, so you can always contact Mm -hmm. us through Instagram. Maybe I'll Um, send you a picture of my four plants all together for you to post. That that sounds awesome, actually. Yeah, because I never... Awesome. I never know what to post besides, like, episode drops. So I need to spice up the content somehow. That sounds very fun. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. I'm looking towards the four Ninja Turtles for their names, but I could be swayed in another direction. If something cool comes up. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, well... These episodes are usually pretty long, so let's get into it. I must say that uh, the latter half of this month was really, really crazy busy, and I only read Norwegian Wood this month. No other books. I only read one book besides Norwegian Wood. And I was thinking about it because I read it while I was in Florida, and I was like, did I seriously like not read anything at the beginning of this month? And I guess I did it. Like, I don't know. I guess it was just Norwegian Wood, but that seems weird to me. But anyways, yeah, I only have one book and I only have five movies. I think I think I have a good amount of movies, um, but yep, no books for me. (laughs) If you're really dying to hear about what we've been reading about, watch our Norwegian or listen to our episode. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that took longer than I thought that it did, but. Hopefully next month they bring it back around. But anyways, yeah. one book I read this month was Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng, which is like a new uh, book. It came out pretty within like the last few years. And it's been like a big deal since it came out. Like it was kind of like an instant hit and it has a show on Hulu already and stuff. And it was in okay. like Witherspoon's uh, book club. It was a big deal, and everybody really liked it a lot. And I finally got around to reading it, and I understand the hype. It was very, very good. It's about, um, it's kind of like a like a contemporary type of thing, like pretty modern story of two different families who are living in Cleveland, Ohio. One of them is very wealthy and is kind of employing the mother of the other family, and. Um, I don't know. It's, there's not really much of like a plot to it outside of that. It's more of just like learning the dynamics of these two super different uh, women, really. It's like mostly centered on the mothers of each of the family and then their daughters, too. Um, and you just get to kind of see like their relationships unfold in this kind of strange context of like class and stuff. And um, it was really, really good. It was super well done. So many like nuances to the different relationships in the families. And I loved it. I would give it a four out of five stars. And the only reason that I wouldn't give it like a perfect five out of five is because even though it did like cover a lot of interesting topics, it was the type of book that kind of just like holds your hand through the whole thing. Like it doesn't really leave any like room for your own thought. It's kind of just like the situation is nuanced and here's why. And you're like, okay, I got it. <laughs> and, and that's great. Like there's no problem with that. But I kind of like, I feel like I reserve my five stars for the books that uh, don't do that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I just prefer a book that's like a little more vague, I guess, personally. Yeah, makes sense. I think you would never need to 
explain why you didn't give five stars. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like I owe this book five stars. Yeah, there you go. go. Um, Okay, that's our book section. (laughs) (laughs) Next month will be better. I think so. I got really busy with doing stuff for my application. Yeah. Like, man, maybe I should have been working on this earlier this year (laughs) instead of waiting for a couple weeks before the deadline. (laughs) But that's okay. It all worked out. At least we'll see if I get in or not. (laughs) I bet you will. Um, Let's hope. All right. So I'm going to start with, for movies, The Stuntman. Um, This is from 1980. Uh, directed by Richard Rush, and I actually watched this for one of my classes, uh, but I wanted I wanted to talk about it because it's such a weird movie. Okay. I don't know. It's it's like kind of hard because this was like on the very first of March. I can't remember exactly what happened, but uh, it's just it's um, kind of centered, like placed at the end of kind of the new Hollywood, like Hollywood new wave, and it kind of makes fun of like these directors with their artistic vision and will do anything to get what they want. Um, and it's about a guy who uh, is on the run for a crime and he stumbles onto a film set um, and he ends up being a stuntman. And that's how he's laying low. Hmm. Uh, and the circumstances that allow him to do that, they all make sense. I just don't want to like, waste time explaining all of it, but it's just a very odd and strange movie, but I think one that everyone should check out and I'm definitely glad to have seen it. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. It was just wild. There's just so many like weird things that happen in the movie too. It was just a very unique experience. Um, and I give it a seven out of 10. Nice. Um, and then on the same day I rewatched King Kong, the original, um, kind of a classic of, uh, I don't know, Hollywood, classic Hollywood, classical Hollywood. Um, and also, honestly, like the special effects are like pretty sophisticated for, this came out in 1933. Um, and I don't know, it like a lot of it really holds up and I think it's definitely a good watch. And I think it's one that I, most people would find entertaining from this era. Um, that's like not a comedy. I feel like comedies and stuff like that hold up a lot better. Um, but I think this is one that kind of like you watch it today and you're like, yeah, I get it. It's <laughs> still, still like worthwhile to watch. Um, and I give that one an eight out of 10. And I had seen that one before. Are you going to see um, Kong versus Godzilla? Probably not. Um, I have a list of, although I will say, Movies that are coming out in theaters after I get my second dose of the vaccine, I'm definitely going to go to. There's a couple on my radar. Um, the Mortal Kombat movie is going to be like, it, it, there hasn't been a lot of like promotion on it, but I'm definitely going to try to see that in the theaters because I think it would be tons of fun. <laughs> um, and the other one is like when I talked about on here before, it's the Demon Slayer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they finally gave it a release date for oh, cool. April 23rd. I think for both of those movies that come out the same Pretty soon. Maybe I'll make it a double feature. Yeah. And by then I'll probably like, those are, I wanted those to be like the first movies I see because I think that's around after two, around two weeks after I get my second dose of the vaccine. So 
Oh, nice. Perfect. Very exciting. I'm ready to start re-entering the world. I don't know. <laughs> My family is seeing Kong versus Godzilla on Saturday. And the rivalry is like actively tearing my family apart that's <laughs> so like who's gonna win yeah i feel like there's not not really always a clear winner in a lot of these that's movies. exactly what yeah. i said but they don't want to accept that truth they just want to debate that's hilarious like, i'm like curious to know whose sides on which side cole is godzilla and bryce is king kong okay and zach is king kong <laughs> And him is Godzilla. And the rest of us are smart. <laughs> We're like, no one will win. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I might check it out on like HBO Max. I don't think that's one that I'm going to go to see in the theaters. But Yeah, me neither. I think it's, I don't know, could be cool. Might check it out. Um, I'll go, I'll do one more. Um, I watched Jennifer's Body for the first time. Have you ever seen that one? I'm dying to see that movie. It's. Uh, it. I think I would love it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty good. It's kind of uh, a little iffy in some spots. It's there's like a lot of like cringy teen mm. dialogue, for lack of a better word. But okay. I think the stuff it does thematically is actually kind of interesting. I just I don't know. It wasn't quite all there for me, but I okay. can understand why people like it as much as they do. Yeah, it's become a little bit of like a cult favorite. Yeah, it seems that way. I, yeah, I don't know. It was I'm fun. Gonna- prioritize that this month i will watch jennifer's body this month nice report back awesome yeah i gave it a six out of ten okay good to know yeah i I, I still am like positive that i will rank it higher even though i haven't seen it i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah no i mean i liked it it just wasn't uh on that top tier for me Mm -hmm. yeah um okay your turn the first movie I watched this month was the live action Lion King. I watched it with the children that I babysit. And I was like, why would we watch the live action Lion King when we could just watch a cartoon Lion King? And yeah. even both of them were like, yeah, the cartoon is better. <laughs> we're going to watch the live action. And I was like, okay, fine. That makes no sense, but whatever. So I watched it and it's like, fine. I, I don't know. It's really not as bad as you might think it it would be. Like, okay. I went into it kind of like, why would they make a live action version of The Lion King? And I actually think that I've seen it once before this. And I just kind of forgot about it because it's like not memorable in like comparison to just the normal Lion King. But okay. watching it, I was like, it's really not horrible. It's, they didn't commit any sort of like crime against humanity by making a live action version of The Lion King. Like I kind of thought that they were doing it. It still goes hard. It's still like the exact same story, which is so freaking good. And the songs are arguably even better in the live action because it's Childish Gambino and Beyonce and they rock. <laughs> it was awesome. No, I'm not opposed to the live action Lion King. That's my stance <laughs> on that. Incredible. You have a rating for it. I'm curious. I don't know. The cartoon is still better somehow. And the yeah. cartoon's like almost perfect. So I'd probably give the cartoon like a nine out of 10 in the live action like an 8 out of 10 really well i think so i don't know the lion king is a great story (laughs) seriously is awesome it's so like when they're singing the circle of life at the beginning of the movie and then it like makes that sound where like the words of the lion king drop in every time i see that i'm like god this movie rocks (laughs) 
so good. That's just interesting to me because I remember when we saw the Jungle Book movie, you like hated it. I hated the live action Jungle Book. <laughs> True. Because it just took everything that was good about the Jungle Book and just like crushed it and oh, made it gotcha. feel like unnecessarily dark. And they like didn't even do the songs, at least in the live action Lion King. Oh, they, yeah. I guess they had a sense. respect for the songs and they added another song and it was really good. Nice. There you go. Cool. Um, so the next one I watch is the Philadelphia story. Um, this is a like a classical Hollywood comedy, screwball comedy that's like I've been waiting to see for a while. Um, and I saw it and it was really good. It wasn't like it didn't blow me away. I had like high expectations for it. And they were like pretty much met because just because like this one gets talked about the most um, compared to like a lot of these. Um, and I think it was worth it. Um, but yeah, like it wasn't anything like crazy, you know, like it was just like these kind of Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant comedies are kind of, I don't want to say you've seen one, you've seen them all, but like you kind of mm-hmm. know what to expect. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. This is definitely one of like, I've seen three of them and this is probably um either the best or the second best out of those three um so like it's definitely worth it to watch um but you could also check out like bringing up baby or holiday as well um but yeah eight out of ten all three of those are eight out of ten so nice yeah there you have it um and then i watched for this was also for um my movies about the movies classes stardust memories um, directed by Woody Allen. And I don't know. I didn't, this movie kind of pissed me off at first just cause it's like, or like a, I would say rip off. Others might say homage, um, to <laughs> eight and a half. Oh. Um, so like from the get go, I was like pissed off that he's like, yeah, copy, just copying eight and a half and calling it his own thing. Um, but he like did interesting stuff with it that I like, I couldn't hate it. I had to recognize like the quality of it. Um, but I didn't personally really like it. I probably won't watch it again unless I have to. Um, but it was still like a good movie. So I give it a seven out of 10. Okay. Just not for me. Um, I wouldn't (laughs) recommend against it, but what? I don't know. I just think that's funny. (laughs) It just made me mad. I'm too. I like Fellini <laughs> too much. You're allowed to be mad at a movie and not like it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to rank it high. I mean, it, it like it was a good movie. It just wasn't for me. Um, but I, I, when it first started, I thought I was gonna like completely hate it because <laughs> like the first scene is kind of like copying the first scene of Eight and a Half, and I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> it came around by the end of it, but not enough to like get me on its side, I guess. Yeah. If that makes sense. I've only seen one Woody Allen movie and I I felt like similarly, I just like couldn't really get behind it. Mm-hmm. Well, which one was it? I can't think of what it's called, but it was set in Rome and I watched it in my like Italian. Oh, huh. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not exactly sure. Like to Rome with love, maybe. Maybe, it yeah. Okay. It was fine, but gotcha. I don't know. It was just, like, weird and quirky. Yeah. yeah, that's, like, how 
I feel like I'm just not a Woody Allen type guy, but my professor for this class really is. So I think he kind of convinced me on certain points that I was like, yeah, I got to give it to him. (laughs) But I just, cause I saw like Annie Hall, which I think is like his best liked um, Mm -hmm. generally. And I thought it was okay. It was good, but not great. Um, But then I saw Manhattan and I liked that one Mm. Um, at least a little better, but I just, I don't know, not a Woody Allen guy. Like my professor is anyways. Yeah. Well, that's totally fine. It's, it's <laughs> perfectly acceptable in to today's day and age to not like what oh, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> that's a good point you make. But yeah. I don't want to get into that right now anyways. Um, <laughs> that's not. But So the next movie I saw is called Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai, uh, directed by Jim Jarmusch, who is one of my favorites. Um, it's about Forrest Whitaker is a hitman, but he lives by the samurai code as a book of the way of the samurai. And it's like intercut with like readings from that over the, across the story. I don't know. It was really cool. Riza from the Wu-Tang clan did all the music for it. Oh, cool. Um, and I think it was interesting and quite fun. I had a blast with it. Um, I just really like Jim Jarmusch and his directing style. And I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Quite fun. Would recommend it's on Criterion if anyone wants to check it out. That would be one that I would recommend to people. I don't know. I think I think there are better options for the first Jim Jarmusch movie you watch, but I think you wouldn't be going wrong with this one either. Okay. Cool. Good. Oh. And then I watched a movie called Night Tide from 1961. Um it was kind of a spooky kind of a melodrama, but a bundle of fun. I don't know. It was a set of this at like a beach type pier and this sailor guy played by um, Dennis Hopper, by the way, really young. And I said, wow, he looks really young in this movie. Um, I think it might've been his first like starring role. Um, but he falls in love with this girl who may or may not be a mermaid who kills the people that fall in love with her. Nice. Um, yeah. So like the vibe is just really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like is it's a fun one. And um, I don't know if I'm sure I talked about it when I saw it, but there's this movie called some Southern waters. It was mm-hmm. like really lovely that came out recently that I just found out from like an Instagram ad or something that was like actually really good too. Um, and I said, this seems like a similar vibe and it kind of was, and it was pretty good. And it was seven out of 10. I give it. Um, okay. It was kind of what you see is what you get. Mm. And I was just there for like the cool vibe that it had. Mm-hmm. And like, that's pretty much what you get, but it was a bundle of fun. And I would <laughs> recommend it's on Amazon prime. I'm intrigued. There you have it. Is it my turn? Sure. Okay. The next movie I watched this month was a documentary and it's Seaspiracy. Which just came out. Have you heard about Seaspiracy? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a big deal right now because it's really? very controversial. Mm-hmm. So Seaspiracy is this documentary about the fishing industry, like just like globally, like the world's fishing industry and how bad it is for the ocean and how like destructive it can be. And the whole kind of like pitch that 
it's giving to you is that you should stop eating fish essentially altogether because Hmm. the fishing industry is like destroying the ocean more even than like plastic pollution and anything you hear about like how much plastic pollution destroys the ocean is really just like a distraction from the real problem that's destroying the ocean, which is fishing. That is what this documentary is like trying to sell you on. And that's why it's so controversial because that is like a huge claim to make that Mm -hmm. like not that many people are getting behind. So I don't really know how to even talk about it because there's still like it, this just came out like last week and there's still actively articles being written about it. So I'm trying to keep up on the conversation because I want to make like educated choices about the environment and stuff. But some people are like totally debunking everything that the article said and like saying that to say that no fishing is ever sustainable is to like totally belittle everybody who is fishing sustainably. (laughs) It's like been working on that for years, but other people are saying, no, he's totally right. So it's just like an active conversation that's going on right now. So I don't want to like say my opinion one way or the other because I'm still learning and I'm just trying to keep up. But as far as being a documentary goes, it wasn't good. (laughs) Like content aside, whether he was totally right or totally wrong, it was Mm -hmm. just hard to watch as a documentary because he just the, the guy who was like doing this documentary. I can't even remember his name. He just is like. like not a good journalist on this topic the whole movie he's like if this is so important why am i just hearing about it right now and i'm like i don't know like why are you making a documentary about something that you don't like know about (laughs) the whole documentary he's just bewildered by everything he's learning and also there are like multiple scenes throughout the movie where you see him like calling these like big high up fishing industry people and he'll just be like I want to interview you. Why is your industry destroying the ocean? Like literally he'll just phrase it like that. And then they just hang up. And then he like looks at the camera (laughs) as if you're supposed to be on his side about this. And I was like, this is just not good journalism. So I was pretty irritated the whole movie, but maybe it really did have something very important to say that remains up in the air right now that I would still recommend watching it because it's just like a big conversation that's going on right now. So to be in the know yeah for sure i uh i will say though like that's it, it seems like a very i don't know how recent of a thing but like very mainstream like widespread um mm-hmm. recently of like things that come out that are like just made and put out to like rattle cages and have yeah. like very little of their own inherent quality yes um and it's interesting that you are like, I'm kind of glad that you said that because basically the way that you're prefacing it, I was like, what is this movie actually trying to do? Like, is this, and it, it seems like, and this might just be me being like a film major type guy, mm-hmm. but like when you're creating a documentary, it, it seems like it should be something that you care about as like the, right? like your, um the, the movie you're making should be like your end product and saying like, this is what I'm putting out into the world. Like, this is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just seems like, it, like, it just seems a lot of stuff that has come out recently that's gotten like the really crazy big headlines that everyone's been talking about on like Twitter and stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're just like made to kind of drum up controversy and stuff. Yeah. It's like, I just, I, I kind of want to just ignore it, even though like, like you said, you should keep up with, 
the issue and like find reliable and good information regarding it. But it just makes me want to like not buy into it just seems like they're making content in order to get like lots of views and make a name for themselves yeah. and like yeah. putting forward an actual like thing. For sure. Like he just started this documentary talking about how like all he'd really done with the ocean before doing this was like pick up plastic off of beaches and stuff. And then he, he just is a journalist. So he just like went on this adventure trying to see what else is going on. There's was like, you're it, it's just so obvious that you're just like as new to this subject as I am and you're just like mm-hmm. barely scraping the surface with what you're talking about here and you're making these massive claims and like this is not even kind of the full story and so I don't know it was just you have to watch that kind of stuff like yeah. very critically I think but mm-hmm. again I, I would say it's still worth the watch but uh, yeah Interesting. I don't know. yeah I don't know it just makes me think of like the low hanging fruit argument. Yeah, for real. Oh, that's a great way to put it because there were like a couple of moments in this documentary too, where he would show up at these like fish slaughter places and be filming and almost like messing with the employees of these places, which were mostly in like Japan and mm-hmm. other like Asian areas. And it was just like these like working class people who are just trying to do their jobs would kind of kind of come up to him and be like, can you stop filming? Can you like turn off the cameras? And he'd be like offended and be like, why, why don't you want me to see this? And just, yeah. I was just like, ah, <laughs> such a bad vibe. Like leave these people alone, man. It's not their fault. So whatever's going on in the ocean pollution world, like th- these are just normal people trying to do their jobs. Like you're not going to get to the bottom of this by harassing them at their place of work. Like, ah, oh, I was annoyed the whole yeah. time. Yeah, no, that's tough. I just like having been to Japan a couple of times. Like that's the fishing industry is like the thing there. It's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't, I don't know. Yeah. That's a big part of the conversation that's going on with this too, is kind of like, well, this is, you know, culture. This is like part, this is a very important cultural thing. Mm -hmm. And then other people are like, well, how much does culture is that even like a relevant thing in the conversation of like saving the whole global environment i don't know i don't have the answers to these questions but fun to think about yeah and uh to educate yourself in other ways i guess too Mm -hmm. cool um okay so the next one i watched was i rewatched under the silver lake yet again Nice. I've just been watching it. I don't know. Recently, it's just it's just a fun vibe and like very fun to watch. I think I love that movie. Yeah, um, and then I watched a movie called The Lost Boys from 1987. It's kind of like a uh, horror comedy, you know, like action. I don't know. It's a horror movie, but a, not a scary one. I guess they're just vampires that hang out on the beach and stuff. I don't know. Just a very fun time. I thought it was a blast. Um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's just very 80s and uh, very fun. I liked it a lot. Um, I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, and then the next one I saw is called Alhazard Balthazar. Um, it's by Robert Brisson, who's like a important French guy. I read one of his books for a class. Um, this is the first of his movies I've seen. And this movie is so 
sad. It's just so bleak, I guess, would be how I put it. Um, nothing good happens. It's just <laughs> sad the whole time. It's very beautiful in certain parts. Um, but really a bummer of a watch, I gotta say. I was really sad after watching it. Yeah. Um, eight out of ten, though. It was really good. <laughs> I'm glad. It was just a bummer. Um, and this is after that, we watched another Woody Allen movie in the movies about the movie class. Um, this one's called The Purple Rose of Cairo. Um, this is also a seven out of ten. It was just. I don't know. I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about it. It didn't really impress me until the very end. The last like scene sequence of this movie is like perfect. It's so good, so beautiful. Um, just like a testament to like the movies and stuff, which I think is really cool. Um, but like much of what came before was just not very. It just felt a little goofy and not as much fun. Um, I didn't love it, but I still gave it a seven out of ten. Um, just because probably just because the ending was so good, I said, Wow, I just really like a good ending. If it, if it ends well, I'm probably gonna think a lot better of a movie than if it doesn't. Um, yeah, let's see, maybe I'll do one more. Um, I watched Sean the Sheep Farmageddon, um, Hi. because I saw that it got nominated for animated picture um, <laughs> at the Oscars this year. So I said, oh, it's on Netflix. Time to check it out. And it was fun. I really like this kind of claymation type stuff that the studio does. I do too. Um, I think it's really fun. And I think that like Sean the Sheep is really cool because it's like physical comedy. Like there's no talking and Mm -hmm. you just kind of like Wallace and Gromit is the same way. I know. I think. And I just love this. I think there's so much fun and such a good time to watch. Those were some of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I loved this. Nice. Yeah, no, me too, actually. I remember I went to Germany with my family in Germany and we would just watch Sean the Sheep for like a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, this was very fun. I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, I don't think it should win the Oscar for Animated Picture, but I think it's cool that it got nominated. And I wouldn't say that it's not deserving because I think it's a good one. Nice. Yeah, 7 out of 10. Netflix like put together a little collection of all of their movies that are nominated for Oscars. Um, and they like advertised it to me when I was on there, like it like popped up. So two of the movies I watched this month were from that list. Oh, awesome. Sean the Sheep on there, but I didn't choose Sean the Sheep when I was picking them. But I will get to those later. The next movie that I watched this month was Gone Girl. Okay. I've never seen before. Did you see Gone Girl? I haven't seen it yet. Huh? I'm, I went too soon though. It's just, I've heard good things about it. I also heard really good things, but at the same time, I've never really liked mystery thrillers all that much. So I don't oh, really, really like why I watched it, but everybody that I was hearing talk about it recently were kind of like, it's so, it's almost like an instant classic because the dialogue is so good. Like it's just such a compelling couple in this story and their relationship is what makes it so unique. And I was like, that intrigues me. So I watched it, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't love it. It was definitely like thrilling and it was fun at the beginning for for the first part. I was like, this might just like change my mind about like mystery thrillers because this is so like riveting. And I would agree that the like dialogue and the couple dynamic is cool. And it's like fun to kind of dissect. But the whole thing about Gone Girl is that 
everybody's unreliable and everything is a twist. And like halfway through the movie, I was so over it. <laughs> I was just like, I don't, I know that everything you're telling me right now is going to be revealed later on to be not true because that's oh, how okay. this movie's concept of art. And then the, that's how it just kept on going. <laughs> like nothing was real. Everything got flipped around. And at a certain point, you're just like, how am I supposed to take any of this seriously? I know it's not real. Like I'm not surprised anymore. So I was kind of irritated. But oh, as like a movie, it was good. It was put together really well. And I really like that lead actress. I don't know what her name is, but I also just saw her in that other thriller I watched last month about the old people. <laughs> what was that movie? <laughs> oh, I care a lot. She was in mm-hmm. that too. She's great. Um, yeah. She's Rosamund really Pike. Like, like badass, scary women who just yeah. And I like that. I like women like that. <laughs> so nice. she's good. Ben Affleck, also pretty good. It was fine. I'd give it a seven out of 10. Gotcha. Awesome. Um, yeah, Rosamund Pike is also in the, mo- the next movie that I watched. Whoa! Um, Isn't which she is so cool. I just yeah, like her. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I think she's really good. She's also in a um, one of the Edgar Wright movies, The World's End. I think is called. I know it's. I know it's something along those lines. But yeah, she's like really funny too. I don't know. I really like her. But yeah, she's in Pride and Prejudice from 2000, oh. which I watched um, with Audrey. Nice. Uh, it's like her favorite movie <laughs> and i liked it i thought it was done really well good um i don't know i kind of like don't have a whole lot to say about it i thought it was shot really well it was really pretty and uh i don't know it was cool like it was just kind of like the pinnacle of a period piece that i would want to watch and like a mm-hmm. jane austen adaptation that i don't want to watch like i thought it was really good um yeah, I just don't have a whole lot to say about it. No. Uh, eight out of ten. Nice. Also, like the cast is stacked. There's so many famous people in that movie. That one has Kira Knightley, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's cool too. Yeah. Big fan. Um, and then I watched The Big Combo from 1955. I started. I asked my professor um, a list of like noir movies, like classic Hollywood noirs that uh, like are like essentials. Um, and he forwarded me an article that he said that he liked, um, like 20 noirs that are that you got to watch. So I'm starting in on that. And this is towards the bottom of the list. I'm working my up from the bottom. Um, so the big combo, it was interesting. It was kind of fun and uh, cool, but uh, not like super superlative or anything. Um, Lee Van Cleef, I don't know if you're familiar, but he's like the bad and the good, the bad and the ugly. He's in a lot of like spaghetti westerns. Um, he had a role in this. I was so surprised to see him. I said, wow, look, there he is. He's all young and stuff. <laughs> um, the shadows in this were really cool. Cause like, that's a whole like noir convention is that like, you have like the really harsh shadows, sharp shadows. Mm. Um, and this ended like an interesting thing of like being very, uh, purposeful and like projecting shadows onto the back wall that you could see. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like it felt a little, like it called attention to itself, but I'm kind of, I thought it was kind of cool that it did that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was fun. Seven out of ten. Nice. Um, and then I rewatched. Or I finished up Cowboy Bebop, which is in my uh, letterbox because it's on Letterbox now. But that's my favorite TV show, or favorite anime TV show at least. But uh, it's just very short. I have the Blu-ray of the whole thing, and uh, I try to rewatch it every once in a while because it's just really good and it's quite short too. It's only like twenty-six episodes, like total, the whole thing. 
Um, and it's just so good. Like every episode is a masterpiece. It's awesome. <laughs> um, and then I watched Lupin the Third. I rewatched the Miyazaki one, The Castle of Cagliostro, which I saw for the first time for our Miyazaki little wrap up thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought this one was like really fun. I think it's ca- Castle in the Sky, but better. Because <laughs> I didn't like Castle in the Sky. But, I didn't but it like does like. Either. Yeah, it does like the same thing. Because did you see this one? Or I, I kind of remember. I don't it think even. I watched this one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, like it does the whole same thing of like the two families and stuff oh. that Castle in the Sky did, but like so much better. Um, and it's just really fun. Like it's a light, fun movie. Doesn't make you think too much, but it's just fun <laughs> to watch. And I needed that, so I said, "Let me rewatch that." And I did. Seven out of ten. Quite, quite a good time. Nice. Um, okay, your turn. Do you have two left or three? Two. Okay, that works out good then. Perfect. Okay, so yeah, my next two movies are from the Netflix um, Oscar nom list. And this one that I watched first was My Octopus Teacher, <laughs> which is another uh, ocean documentary. And I <laughs> went on such an emotional roller coaster watch. <laughs> I have so many conflicting thoughts about it. So essentially it's just a dude who lives on the coast and he's like a diver. And he made this documentary with a really nice camera about this octopus that he just found nearby where he dives every day. And he went into the ocean every single day and filmed this octopus and they became good close friends. (laughs) And it was was cute. Like they had like a cute little friendship. There were many shots of him, like holding the octopus in his hand and stuff. And she just seemed to be enjoying it so much, but it just got like weird towards the middle of the movie. Like there, the (laughs) relationship between the man and the octopus was like gross to me. Like he was saying stuff in this documentary, like she's all I think about. talking about this octopus and I just hated it I don't know why it just really it just really bothered me and then in the middle of the movie you reach the like climax where he he watches the octopus friend get attacked by a shark and the shark bites um her tentacle off and you see this all play out he doesn't interfere at all he just films the shark bite the octopus's tentacle off and then he has this like really emotional moment in the documentary where he's like and like that's where I learned empathy for like the first time like the watching being so close to this octopus and then seeing her tentacle get bitten off taught me sensitivity to the other that's like verbatim what he said and I was like are you kidding me you're getting (laughs) praised for just admitting to me right now that you're a full-grown man who's like never experienced empathy for the other until you became friends with an octopus are you (laughs) I hate that I was like legitimately angry and then the movie goes on the octopus dies it's sad and then you find out at the end of the movie that he's had a son this whole time he has like a teenage son who like he's saying stuff at the beginning of this documentary like this octopus is the reason that I get up in the morning meanwhile he's had a human son this whole time (laughs) oh my god the anger that I felt during that but then he ends it with this like nice speech about how nature is so precious and so detailed and it can teach you so much about humanity and being gentle and being kind and I was like I actually really like that message. So way to bring it back around, I guess. (laughs) 
So I, I don't think you need to watch my octopus teacher. Uh, it was mostly weird, but beautiful ocean shots, which I like. Five out of ten. That's so funny. <laughs> you said five out of ten. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, that one I had like heard of. I didn't know. What was the other one? You said like sea. Seaspiracy. Seaspiracy. Yeah, that's just like a cringy title too. I, I know, say. especially because it could have just been called conspiracy. Sea felt like. <laughs> oh yeah, that is way. That is so much better. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> <laughs> think before you put out these documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't matter as long as they get controversy. Yeah. That seems to be the attitude. Uh, I don't yeah. need to get into that though. Um, I rewatched The Player, uh, which is directed by Robert Altman. Um, this is also for the class, but this is just a good movie. <laughs> Not to say that the Woody Allen ones weren't good movies, <laughs> but uh, this is just like, I think, fairly universally well-regarded. Um, it's like a, it's a Hollywood expose that's like actually like bitter and not like Hollywood secretly promoting itself. Cause a lot of the movies we've seen, like, especially like from classical Hollywood in this class have been like, yeah, Hollywood's bad, but we're still like a big studio making this movie. So it's like something just doesn't add up. Cause, cause but this one, like it, it, it feels, I don't want to say it feels more genuine because it's like very satirical. Um, like the, the thing is that it's not genuine, but it's like, it seems like, actually trying to dig Hollywood down. Um, I just really like Robert Altman and his style. Um, yeah, it's just a good one. And I think uh, this is one that everyone should watch if they have access to it. I know I saw it on the Criterion channel because we didn't, this was the day that we couldn't go to class because there was a uh, situation in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I watched this on Criterion, so I'd say check it out. But uh, it's definitely very, very good. Yes. Um, and then another classic that I rewatched right after the next day or the next couple days is The 400 Blows, um, which is directed by Francois Truffaut. It is one of the two. Between, it's this and Breathless, which is kind of both of those like together are kind of seen as the beginning of the French New Wave. Because um, Godard and Truffaut were both like Cahiers du Cinema people who like were critics for like the last five, 10 years who said, all right, now it's our turn to make the movies. Um, and this one, I well, like, I watched it for the first time when I was in high school and I wasn't necessarily very impressed by it, but this time around, it really got me. It's about a kid. Um, and it's like, it's kind of like semi-autobiographical of Truffaut's childhood. Um, but he's just having trouble at school. He's having trouble at home. He's just having lots of trouble. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's really quite touching. Um, it's really cool because like his escape is oftentimes like going to the movies or hanging out with his friends. And it's just like the little moments. And I just think it's, I don't know. It's really cool. I really liked it this time around nine out of 10. It was awesome. Nice. This is one that I'd recommend to anyone, but like, I think one that you kind of have to like sit down and watch with full attention. Otherwise you kind of get like, I think this is what happened when I watched it the first time. I just wasn't like as engaged with it. And I think it's one that you kind of have to like be wired into and then you feel some real things 
but like might be a little hard to latch on to as you kind of just lapse in and out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Uh, your turn. Okay. The last movie I watched this month from the Netflix Oscar picks was called the white tiger. Okay. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. It was so freaking good. I yeah. hope, I don't even know what Oscar it's nominated for, but I hope it wins. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> it is. It was awesome. It's about this kind of young guy in India. It's all set in India. Um, and he's like from kind of like a village, like very, very poor. He has a huge family that he's trying to support. Um, and he's, I don't know. You watch him go through like becoming an entrepreneur in India in like the most like kind of dark twisted way possible. He kind of starts at the very bottom. He's working. He's literally called a servant for this like family that he's working for. They treat him like shit. And then he, takes over (laughs) i don't know how else to say it i don't want to spoil anything but you just watch him go from that from like the bottom to the top he like when the movie starts you see him as this like wealthy up and coming um like boss of some sort like ceo type of guy and he's like drafting an email to somebody in china to try to like do business together and he's like well, let me tell you about how i got here and then it like goes through this whole oh, okay. long dark wacky story um but it was so like smart and just so interesting and like kind of funny sometimes but also extremely sad and upsetting and you watch him have so many moments of just like shame about like his class and what he's going through but also so much just like perseverance and he sees himself as this white tiger which is like a type of tiger that only gets born every like seven generations or something it's very special Mm. so you just keep watching him over and over having these moments of like these just extreme highs and lows in his perception of himself and it was so interesting like it was just so well done and I, i can't recommend it enough it was so good the music also so good like best soundtrack ever I'd give it probably a perfect 10 out of 10, I think. Wow. Nice. Awesome. Um, I don't know. That kind of sounds kind of similar to another Netflix movie I watched either last month or the month before. I'm sure I talked about it um, called The Hater. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of another one of those situations where it's like having to work your way up by doing questionable things. And yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I don't know. I didn't like The Hater quite as much just because like, you kind of never really got to get into the main character's headspace. You're kind of yeah. confused as to like what his real motivations were at times. And I said, I don't know yeah. if I like this quite as much, but yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. It sounds very I, interesting. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what you think. Cause this one is definitely very much like a character study on the main dude. You're in his head mm-hmm. the entire time. And he is a fascinating guy. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. So I have three more um to wrap up the uh first is the maltese falcon which is also one of the newer lists that i finally got around to um i've heard lots of stuff about this one today i would say that it pretty much lived up to the hype it was very interesting in just the way that like it worked with like relationship dynamics like most of this movie is just talking between people and like they're each kind of playing their own games with like what they know and what the other person knows and I don't know. It was just very fascinating to watch. It was a very cool, like very sharply written movie. And I liked it a lot. 
Um, yeah, I think it's one. I think it's that would be like a good starting point if you want to like get into film noir. Um, nine out of ten. Nice. Uh, and then I saw Ed Wood, directed by Tim Burton, um, about Ed Wood, who is known as one of he got voted like the worst movie director. It's a biopic about Ed Wood. <laughs> um, and it's like very, very cool. This is uh, also for the same class of the uh, movies about the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is probably my favorite Tim Burton movie that I've seen. It was really good. Um, and it had like this weird sense of like optimism and earnestness, even though it was also kind of making fun of these people. I don't know. It was just a weird mix that like just really worked. And I think really worked with like Tim Burton's style too. Um, it was just like a cool overlap of different things that I think that were just very lucky was made and it was really good. Um, eight out of 10, but I think that might bump up to a nine next time I watch it. We'll have to see. Um, also what I find interesting is that like the day after I watched this, they put plan nine from outer space, which is a movie directed by Ed Wood. It's like, sometimes referred to as like the worst movie ever made but they put that on movie like the day after i watched this and i said huh cool so now i'm probably gonna try to check that out nice uh and the last movie i watched i just want to i've talked about i've watched it twice already since we started this podcast but it's taxi driver Mm -hmm. um and i just wanted to mention it Uh, it's a nine out of ten for me it's i really like it i think it's a great one to and to like like think about and talk about because like there could be a number of different things going on there and i just think it's really cool but i've decided that it is my favorite movie score i think so as of right now the soundtrack this like the score done by bernard herman who was like alfred hitchcock's guy like all the iconic alfred hitchcock scores were done by him um and I think this is the last movie he did the music for. And it's really good. And it gets stuck in my head. And I hum that little tune to the theme all the time. Yeah, it's uh, actually, it just got taken off Netflix minutes after I watched it. Because I watched it right before midnight on the 31st. Um, <laughs> so it's not on Netflix anymore. If you want to check it out, you'll have to do it another way. But <laughs> it's definitely worth watching. And I think... It is up there in my Martin Scorsese movies, maybe even my favorite. I'm not sure. Yeah. So that's all I got. Excellent. As far as movies go. Um, Cool. What do you want to do next week? I guess watch a movie. That's what I'm thinking too. Um, Do you have anything in mind? We could do one of the ones from the Netflix list if there's any cool ones. Um, Because I know I haven't seen a whole lot. Of like the nominated ones. Let me pull it up. There's um, not I think, that many on the Netflix list. Okay. Yeah, because I'm sure it's like only Netflix originals because yeah. th- there's like nothing else that would would be like already on Netflix by now, um, which makes sense. But yeah, I, I know like the Oscars, are, I think they're coming up like sometime this month. We should figure out when that is and maybe do like an Oscars episode. Oh, that'd, that'd be really be- fun. That could be like our novelty episode for this month. We could do like a reaction, yeah. Yeah. Could We've be already cool. watched Mank, and I already watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. Did you watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Oh, I haven't. I haven't wanted to. I haven't either, to. but I want to. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Okay. 
great. That sounds really good. Yeah, I have. There's a bunch of these that I need to watch. Um, oh, the other option would be something on Amazon because I know Amazon had a couple of good releases. I think specifically of like uh, Sound of Metal. I want to check out. Do you want to um, do a double feature? We could. Yeah. I really want to see as many of the Oscar noms as possible. So I'd be fine putting in two of them. Okay. Yeah. I think I'd be down to do those too. Okay. Cool. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Sound of Metal. I think they're very different, but if I'm not mistaken, both kind of centered around music, um, but I probably think so too, in but very I, different yeah. ways. Um, yeah. I know, I know more about the Sound of Metal because I've seen a lot of stuff for it. Um, yeah. I am excited to see both of those. Cool. Me too. Awesome. Sounds good. That means all of there is left to do for this week is to recommend albums. If you're new here, we always recommend a music album every week that we either, for whatever reason we want, just something. <laughs> uh, so do you have an album to recommend for this week? Yes. I can't remember if I've recommended this album already on the pod before. So sorry if I have, but it's one of my favorite albums ever. And it's Yours Dreamily by The Arcs. I don't think I have recommended it before. I don't think you have either. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I love the arcs. I love the arcs in case you're listening and don't know who the arcs are. It's Dan from the Black Keys, which is my favorite band ever of all time. Um, and this is kind of his like side project. And it's so freaking good. And I just, I don't know. This album has a song on it called Chains of Love, which I truly think is one of the greatest songs ever made of all time. I have a Spotify playlist called Every Song I've Ever Called the Greatest of All Time. And it only has like 10 songs on it and Chains of Love is on there. So this is really saying something, okay? This song nice. is special to me. It's a great album. It's very fun and like rock and roll. If you love the Black Keys, you will definitely love this album. Um, and it, also the arcs, are one of the favorite my favorite concerts that I've ever been to in my entire life. They are just great. You should just <laughs> <see> that one. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so my album is a, uh, a bit smaller time by a band called Mellow Punk, which uh, my sister's friend is in. I guess my friend too, and your friend probably. Um, but it's called... It's a new album that just dropped recently called I Don't Think Two People Could Have Been Happier Than We Have Been. Um, I don't know. I just really liked it. I thought it was good. I'm glad. Um, I always listen to music that people that I know do. And I usually put it on the daily, but I don't always like go out and like recommend it because I really liked it. But I actually really liked this one. So I would recommend everyone to check it out. It's a good one. So glad cool um so yeah that's what we got for this week um be sure to follow us on the instagram if you feel so inclined um at speaking english pod with no spaces um trying to get that rolling and do some more interesting stuff with it i'm not very good but we're getting there <laughs> um and then also if you want to if you're on itunes and want to drop a rating on apple Podcasts, i think that helps out a lot um to kind of i don't know get good buzz going for the the, the pod um yeah so next week we've, we're doing a double feature of oscar nominees in ma rainey's black bottom and the sound of metal so until then thanks for listening to anyone listening and uh, we'll see you yeah. next week yay i'm so excited for next week thanks everyone <laughs>
All right. Bye now.